Good morning. Glad to see you all this morning. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Jamie. I serve as one of the pastors here. And like Mark said, today is a different Sunday. It's Vision Sunday, which really is a chance for us as a family to just talk through what is the Father saying to us as a church family for this next season? What's he saying to us? You know that we go through seasons with God. And churches go through seasons with God where God is wanting to do specific things in our midst. And so this Sunday, Vision Sunday, uh, we're going to talk through some of these things. And I'm going to be joined up here with four of my friends. And I want to invite Raz up here uh, to join me the first time. Can you all honor Raz as he comes up uh, to share? Okay, um, we have uh, a slide here I wanted to show you. Vision Sunday, what is the Father saying to us as a church family? What's he saying to us as a church family? And I want you to know this is one of those things where um, this isn't Jamie's idea or Dennis's idea. <laughs> because sometimes I've been in churches where uh, the leadership just does what they want to do, and then they just tell everybody what God said, which is really what, just what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You ever been in an environment like that? <laughs> well, God said, uh, he, did, he did not say that. He did not say that. So I want you to know, the staff, elders, leadership of this church have been gathering together, literally, for months, asking, seeking the Lord. Saying, Father, what are you saying? What do you want us to, to do in this next season? And so that's why I'm bringing up friends up here, representatives of staff, representative of elders. Brandon Snow's going to be up here. My wife, Jess, is going to be here. Other le leaders, Dennis, is going to be up here. But to help communicate that the leadership of the church has been seeking the Father, seeking his heart for what is he saying for this next season. And so what we've seen here, we, what we believe is there are four priorities for MCC as we move forward. Four priorities for us that we feel the Father is calling to us as a family. And uh, we're going to move through each of these four. And the first one is this. We're calling it, show us who you are. Show us who you are. And the subtitle is, Intentional Pursuit of the Triune God. I don't know if Mark knew this, but the song we just sang, Better Is One Day, is literally the passage that I have up here um, for our next scripture. So the Lord must be doing something in our midst. Psalm 27, a portion of that passage says this, One thing have I asked of the Lord. It's so awesome that we literally sang that song, Mark. I can't get over that right now. I cannot get over that. Okay. I guess I'm going to have to. Um, <laughs> one thing have I asked of the Lord. Have you ever been in a moment where you're like praying and you're like, there's one thing I want to ask you and it's save me from this situation, right? Or whatever. The psalmist is saying, there's one thing I'm after, one thing that I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You have said, seek my face, and my heart says to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. And then the great leader Moses 
You know this story from Exodus 33. He's seen all kinds of things. He's seen Pharaoh bowed low. He's seen plagues and miracles. And he still, after all of that, he's seen all kinds of things. He says to God, he says, show me your glory. I want more of you. I'm seeking more of you, God. I want to know you more intimately. And and I want to know what your voice sounds like. I want to encounter you. Most of us would say that we haven't experienced what Moses has experienced supernaturally. Is that fair? I mean, have you all parted any seas recently? Because I, you know. (laughs) He's seen all kinds of stuff. And even in the midst of it, he wants more of God. Show me your glory. And last quote, and I joke around about this, I'm contractually obligated to quote A.W. Tozer at all times. Dr. Tozer said, you have as much of God as you actually want. (laughs) So when the psalmist says, I seek, there's one thing I want is you, God. So I've got Raz up here who leads out. If you don't know Raz, he leads out in our worship ministry and in our students and is helping create a culture of worship here. And this first priority is all about worship, not just music, but worshiping God. So I just want to have Raz talk to us as a family. Raz, we've been talking about these priorities. This first one, show us who you are. What's been resonating in your heart when you've been talking to the Father about this priority for our church family? Um, yeah, I'd say a couple things about that. I'm really glad you just said that. Not about like singing songs. And mm. I think it's really easy and say, this is worship and this is the only place that worship is happening right now. Mm. And it, actually, it's a state of heart that's interesting um and this is what he's been speaking to me about let me let's just let's just be honest can we be honest in the house this morning all right who who didn't feel like showing up this morning anybody come on now uh, there you go thank you i didn't i was a little i don't right. know i was just a little bit i had a rough little bit of a rough weekend i was a little tired from right you know whatever i just didn't feel like showing up this morning right all right i'm just being honest about that all right and but you know what that, that doesn't keep me from being able to come in and have a place where I'm in my heart, as it says in my heart, as my, in my spirit of saying, Lord, I want you. I want you this morning. Has anyone looked at the scriptures? And I remember that when this happened to me, I used to be a, and any of you who, are, who have been worship people in the house, I, I used to be a music director, is what I would say I was, or something like that. I don't know what you'd call it, but it certainly wasn't a worship leader. <laughs> and, uh, and part of it was this is do you ever look at the scriptures and you say, well, you know, in, in, in um, Psalm 34, and it's repeated again in First Peter, uh, second chapter, I think, and, and where it says, like, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. You know, like, like your, you know, your word and who you are, it's, it's richer than the choices of wine and, and, and like honey on my lips and all that kind of stuff. And I remember actually desiring and wanting to know Jesus in that way intimately. And I was a song director at a house on staff at a church. And I thought, I don't understand that. I was just being honest yeah. with the Lord. I don't understand that. And in one moment, in just a time of prayer, and that's sort of a whole other story, he just like revealed all of that to me. And I knew that fully what it was about truly was intimacy. Mm-hmm. Intimacy. That's what seeking his face. It's like really, I want you. See, I can wake up in the morning and I can say, I want you this morning. I want to meet you face to face. I want to hear your voice. I want to be obedient to what you're doing here this morning. And so I think there's many of us in the church who've never experienced 
the Father in this way. In fact, coming into the Father, let me say one more thing about that, is remember, and I want to, and I want to talk this through as a group. Remember when, when the, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, hey, how should we pray? So, you know, you good church people, give me the first line on that. Our Father. Good. All right. Now, let's see how good theologically we are. All right. I love this. What, what kind of in the original language, what is the or, our Father that Jesus is using there? Abba. Abba. Okay, good. Translate it a little bit more for me. What's kind of Abba mean? What's that mean? Right. Okay. Now, here's, here's some challenge I'm going to put out, but I, I do love that scene. Can, can you imagine the boys all like all circled up holding hands? Kumbaya, Jesus is here. Kumbaya. And, you know, they, they have their heads bowed, and Jesus says, I don't know if they really did that. They probably didn't. But Jesus, <laughs> said, Jesus says, okay, here's how we start. Daddy, um, that would have gone against about every grain of every teaching they'd ever had in their entire life. Oh, sure, God is the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sure, he's over Israel. Sure, he's this great God in the sky who you don't want to tick off. But Jesus says, Dad, we'd we'd like to gather and talk to you now. Can you imagine? They'd be like, (laughs) all right, here's a good challenge I have, and I began to work on this in my own life. I'm just going to throw this out to you guys. We like to say Abba because that's not a real word to us. Did anybody actually call their earthly dad Abba in this room? No, we're Americans. That's not a real word for us. <laughs> Did it, g- give, me, give me some of your terms of endearment for your dads. You guys who had good dads you were close to and you ladies. What, what were some? Pops. Pops. That Pops. was what Josiah still calls me. That's what I call my dad, Pops. What else? Anybody? Poppy. Poppy, yes. Anybody else? Huh? Just dad. Hey, Dad, right? Dada. All right, good. That's awesome. Here's my challenge, and I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm going to guarantee you it's going to be uncomfortable. I challenge you to do your prayers this, this week that way. Pops, would you meet with me this morning? Pops, would you tell me what's on your heart for me this morning? And you're going to realize in your flesh how weird that feels. And that's exactly, though, what Jesus is saying. That's what draws us into that intimacy. That's just a little thing of worship, yeah. just a little tip that I started really trying to work on, on myself. And I realized, wow, I really don't view you this way. I really yeah. don't see you in this manner. And it's Christ himself that draws us into that intimacy, right? Revelation 3.20, for you good evangelists, we always use that one for non-believers. That's not for non-believers. That's for believers. I stand at the door. He's speaking to the churches in Revelation, right? I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. I desire you. Christ desires us. This thing of going after his face, hardcore, (laughs) is is difficult, I think, because our flesh just works against it big time. But anyway, that's kind of what he's just been putting on my heart. It's not a thing of whether I feel like it or not. It's not whether we get loud in here or not. Sometimes we'll get loud in here. It's not that type of a thing. It's really in my heart's desire. Do I really want him? Do I really? Is that true? The words that we sang on this song, did we sing that with truth this morning? I would rather spend time with you. I would rather be with you. The very, the very heart of God. Yeah. You know, that's a, that was a, that's a great scripture and a great song. But anyway, that's just been what's been on my heart. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. One more thing I just want to throw out there too is one of my fears for myself, and I think kind of in the, again, sort of the, I want to say academic church we've sort of set up, 
is uh, a guy named John Wimber used to have a good thought about this. As he said, and he, and he was kind of new coming into faith, actually, when he sort of thought this through. As he said, you know, like last night, um, my son and I went out with uh, one of our family members out to, uh, um, you know, a nice restaurant. And he said this, when I get the menu, he said, and I see all that good stuff on the menu, I don't want to eat the menu. <laughs> I want the, I want the, don't you bring me the steak. You know, I don't want just the picture of the menu. My fear is that we have a picture of God. We have an idea about God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think we know God, but we're not eating and tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Right, right. So, right. That's anyway, good, Raz. Yeah. About to start preaching and preach the rest of the message. I'll give it to not, so, so very practically, and, and Raz mentioned it. I just, I just want to throw this out here. Um, you know, we read Psalms of like, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs and thirsts for you. And we read those passages, and if we're honest, there are times where that's not real in my heart. Like, I read it, but I'm not longing for Jesus in that way in that moment. And what I've learned is there is something supernatural that needs to happen. It's called hunger for God. And it's something that we cannot create in ourselves. You can't work up hunger for God. You need it sovereignly given to you. <laughs> and so, and, and by the way, I'm talking, this is a dynamic thing. I wake up in the morning sometimes, and I'm like, ugh. Anybody else? Like this morning. It felt like, ugh. And this is what I do. Father, I don't long for you the way I know I'm supposed to. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to give me hunger for Jesus. So what I, what I want to do, Raz, will you pray for us? So we're finished with this first priority that we've been talking through. Will you pray for hunger for our church family, a thirst and spiritual taste buds that want Jesus more than anything else, including Netflix? Whoa, whoa. Let's step on toes here now. Yeah, pray for uh, us, Raz. <laughs> All right. Tell you what, what, would you stand up with me? Stand up with me, and let's just put out our hands to the Lord. We're going to ask him right now, as, as Jamie said, just sovereignly come. Lord, would you do that in us? God, our, our, our flesh even battles against closeness and intimacy with you. Lord, it's why the psalmist would say, soul, cry out to the Lord. Soul, cry out and say that he is good. Right now, Father, Son, and Spirit, would you release in your mercy a love over us, God, that would draw us into deeper intimacy with you? Would you make us hungry for you? God, would, would you be so important that everything else would just fade away? Let everything else fade away. Lord, let entertainment fade away. Let mm. sports mm. fade away. Even, Lord, you even are saying that to, of denying family to come to you. Lord, I, we know that's because as we know you more, we'll love our families better. Yes. We'll come into deeper intimacy with you. Lord, would you be first priority in our life? And God, would you do that and supernaturally make us so hungry for you that everything else we want no part of, but we want you more than anything else. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank Amen. you, guys. Amen. Appreciate that. Thank you, Raz. <clears throat> I'm going to call Jess up, my wife. Can you all say hi to Jess while she comes up? Okay, so priority number one, intentional pursuit of God. Seeking Him. Then we feel like the second priority is what we're calling gifted and going for it. 
You know, when you, when you have a priority like seeking God, um, sometimes that can become monastic, where it's just like, it's just me and God, or it's my church family and God, and it's all Godward, which is amazing, but we cannot have a monastic Christianity where we never engage with anyone else, and we never encounter the world. And so this is about equipping in spiritual gifts, and, and teaching the church family, equipping the church family, and empowering us as a church family to realize every one of us has been gifted by the Holy Spirit for a reason, like for purposes, like at your job, there's a reason. The gifts that you have are specifically for that job. Are you using them? So having those kinds of conversations. And so I brought Jess up here because both Jess and I um, grew up in, in a in Southern Baptist environment in Texas and in Oklahoma. Texas being the best, and then, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's true, though. Um, but we grew up in environments that were very hesitant, maybe even anti-spiritual gifts. So I, I brought Jess up here because I just want Jess to share a little bit, just personally, and whatever the Father is putting on her heart. Talk about this priority, gifted and going for it. Yeah, so um, I wouldn't say that I'm thinking of the church that I kind of came to know Jesus in, that they were anti-gifts. They just didn't talk about it, you know. Um, it just wasn't kind of an influencer, but, but the Bible was. Like the Bible, like I got a really strong foundation in understanding Scripture, how to, how to read Scripture, how to study Scripture, um, even how to teach, script, you know, Scripture. And... Um, and I think what, what through my journey, um, I think the tendency of some, some folks sometimes is to pit Scripture against the Spirit or Scripture against mm. the gifts or the use of the gifts in the church, mm. when, when really it's supposed to be all of it, right? Um, and in Scripture, Jesus um, and others talk about the gifts of the Spirit, right? Um, about the gifts that are given by the Spirit to believers for the edification of the church and for others to come to know who Jesus is in the first place. And so um, it doesn't have to be one or the other, I guess, is, was kind of my journey. It really is both. Um, and so, yeah, when, when I really kind of met the Holy Spirit, I was like, it, it, it was like all the puzzle pieces kind of fell into place for me um, because it kind of started really making um, just sense um, that yeah, Jesus was calling me not to just eternity in heaven, but to power here on the earth. Yeah, yeah. And in, in my environment, actually, after you said that, it made me think, the environments I was in weren't anti-spiritual gifts either. We just, they were environments that just ignored the spirit altogether. And I, and I think that's right, Jess. I think that's a that's a better way to say it. It wasn't really anti, it was ignoring, or this is a phrase that I would hear often. It would be, we're open to the gifts, but we're cautious. Open, but cautious. And I get that because frankly, some people who talk about the gifts and Holy Spirit a lot are crazy <laughs> and do wild things, right? And you see them on TV and they're trying to get money and you're like, what is this? And so it makes sense to have a position of like, well, okay, spiritual gifts, okay. I'm, I'm open, but I'm cautious. And here's the passage that shook me. It's up on the board. 
1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, pursue love and earnestly. Somebody say earnestly. Does that sound cautious to you? Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. You see, that does not look like open but cautious. That looks like open and going for it. That's what it looks like. And something I love about Jess is that um, Jess goes for it. Jess goes for it. That there'll be environments where I'll be like, mm, feeling kind of weird and timid, and Jess is like, hey, let's step into something. Um, so I, I want to acknowledge in this particular priority that in the room and in our church family, there's probably varying levels of comfortability with spiritual gifts. In fact, the one that's, especially that you may prophesy, I think there'd be some in our church family that would go, huh? But that's an imperative command. We're supposed to seek after prophecy, according to scripture. And there'd be some of us that go, so what we're going to do is we're actually going to preach through a series. It starts next week on spiritual gifts. It's, we're going to preach through 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And here's our logo for our new sermon series, Gifted and going for it, of talking through these gifts and explaining what exactly are we supposed to be as a family? How would we actually earnestly desire spiritual gifts? And how would we actually go for it and use them here at church, but also out in the world and in our workplaces? I was just going to say, I think um, sometimes what's scary about trying new things is that you don't have a place that's safe to try them. Mm, yeah. And so I think the heart of at least the leadership, I think, at MCC is that this is a safe place to try, right? Like, this is a safe body. Um, and sometimes we're going to try and it's going to look weird, or we're going to try and, and maybe, you know, we, we felt like we heard a word, like, this happened actually to me this week. Felt like I got a word for somebody, I gave it to them, and they were like, mm, that doesn't really, and I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. I, I, try, I you know, I, I thought I said what I, what I heard, and I could have been off, right? So, just, it's a safe place, um, to try. Yeah. And then the, the other thing I was thinking about is that Jesus actually said, and this is something that I don't think this was ever brought to my attention necessarily until a few years ago. It's like Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than me. Can you guys imagine doing greater things than Jesus? I mean, that's nuts, right? Um, and so that's, I think, also part of the heart of going after yeah. the gifts of the Holy Spirit that uh, he wants to he wants to give us. He wants to bestow on us. Yeah. So we're adding uh, Wednesday night worship. It's going to be every single Wednesday night now. We're going to add that. And we're creating that. We're giving that space so that we will be worshiping together, but we'll also be having kind of a place for us to practice some of these spiritual gifts. So, we'd be, so if we're going to preach on, let's say we're going to preach on prophecy. We preach on that on a Sunday morning, and then Wednesday we're going to worship together, and then we're going to provide an opportunity for us to practice and see what would this look like us to practice this spiritual gift. So that'll be on Wednesdays. One last thing I want to say, and then we'll move on to the last priority, is um, this, this is a contentious issue uh, uh, in the church, especially in North America. It's not so much in Europe, but it is in North America, um, where you have churches that are word churches. They're like, we stand on the word. We don't need any of that weird supernatural stuff. And then you have other churches that are like spirit churches, and they're like, we just want to encounter God. And the the Bible is kind of boring. We just want encounters. And I'm, those are overgeneralizations, 
But generally speaking, there's like two camps in the North American church right now. It's the people who are serious about the Bible and the people who really want to encounter God. And MCC wants to be both. Well, we're serious about the Bible and we want to encounter God. So we, we want to know what the Bible says about encountering God. And so that's what we're going to do. I, I'm telling you, it's going to, we're going to go right through the text. And what does the Bible say? And then how do we practice this? Okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Jess, will you pray for us on that priority? Yeah, you guys want to stand up again? It's fun, right? Stand yeah. up and just kind of open, open your hands. Raz kind of started off a good thing there. All right, Father, we just praise you. We thank you for who you are. We thank mm -hmm. you, Jesus, for dying for us on the cross and being um, reconciling us to the Father. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this place. We invite you into our hearts. And um, whatever it is that you want to do, we're just open. Yeah. We're just open-handed. Um, and we pray for the gifts of the Spirit to manifest in this place, yes. in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, in our schools, in our workplaces. Father, we pray that you would help us to be just naturally supernatural, where as we go to Kroger, as we go to work, as we go to school, as we come home, we're just operating in the gifts, and we don't even really kind of recognize that that's what's happening. So would you just make it a natural part of who we are, where yes. people are coming to know Jesus and that body is being edified. So we just pray for a manifestation of, of your presence and for you to bestow on us the gifts that you'd have us to have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, babe. Yeah. I want to call Dennis up. He's going to share on our third priority. Can you all say hi to Dennis as he comes up? So we've, we've got intentionally seeking God, show us who you are, then gifted and going for it, understanding our spiritual gifts and beginning to move out and engage in the world with these gifts. And the third priority um, is the priority and what we're calling who's next. Having a church culture of succession, training, and development. Because some of, you, some of you may know and some of you may not know that we've been, Dennis and I have been in a two year so far, two years of a succession transition plan. And I'm going to let him talk about it here in a second. But the way I've seen Dennis function um, as he prepares for retirement, at least from this position at this church, the way he has led and encouraged our church family to think about succession and development and developing me specifically but having that as a culture that's in the midst of our entire church family, that all of us are thinking the way Dennis was with me, that all of us are thinking, who's next in the ministry that I serve that I can develop and encourage to succeed after me? And the passage that's been resonating, uh, Dennis and I read a book on pastoral succession called Next, oddly enough. Um, and this passage, I, I came across this. This is Judges chapter 2. Because in my mind, I was thinking, you know, uh, Dennis and then Jamie, okay, we'll do this transition. It'll be great. This will be amazing. But what happens after Jamie if we don't continue a culture of succession? And we actually see in the Bible what happened when there wasn't a culture of succession. So you have Moses. He develops Joshua. And then this is Judges chapter 2. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua 
who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua died at the age of 110 years. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And here's the scripture that scares me. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. So you have Moses, great leader. He develops Joshua, great leader. Then they stop developing leaders. And an entire generation doesn't know the Lord. And y'all know, some of y'all may know, what does the book of Judges look like? Is it happy time or is it bad time? It's bad time. <laughs> Continual cycles of disobedience and pain and judgment. So I want to throw it to Dennis just to talk through what's the Father saying to you about this particular priority? Who's next? Yeah. So the, the culture is really a disciple-making culture. Yeah. The culture that we need is where each of us is seeking and developing and training others in obedience to the Father, in obedience to Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, then we can confidently say this Judges chapter 2 thing is not going to happen on our shift. It's just not going to happen on our shift. And I think, I think back to the 17 years we've been here and in the beginning and just looking at the demographics of the church, um, it was an aging church. And um, thank God he has brought dozens and dozens of new families to this congregation, uh, families that want to raise their children um, to know Christ, to walk with Christ, to be spiritual warriors who understand the nature of the battle, understand the nature of what we have, uh, what we're operating in here. And we've been equipping and working towards that. But that process required change. Mm -hmm. It required a change in music. It required a change in ministry approach. It required uh, the development of new ministry wineskins, whether they would be small groups. I, I would add that small groups are a great place for us to practice the spiritual gifts that we were talking about, um, where we can be with people we know and listen to God and move on. So it, it requires change. And I, I see that change is uncomfortable. So you're trading in basically a 64-year-old fatherly teacher for a 41-year-old you know, prophetic preacher. You know, those of you who are in my generation are, are now looking at, instead of having a brother leading the church, I've now got a, a son, a kid who could be mm. my son leading the church. Mm. And for those of you who are used to having a spiritual dad walking around, you now have a spiritual brother walking around. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. But we're, we're not hired hands. We're, we're giving our lives for the benefit of this congregation. And I can speak on behalf of the elders, the same mentality as we are giving our lives for the congregation. So when someone new steps in, he's gonna do it differently. And you're gonna, you're gonna you know, be thinking that's, that's a difficult adjustment. But that's part of what has to happen uh, in a succession, part of what has to happen throughout the church. And I'm encouraged, you know, what I've been seeing is I'm encouraged that uh, we've got younger women now coming into the women's ministry leadership team. 
I'm encouraged that we've got new families jumping in to serve in our children's ministry. I'm encouraged that we have new prayer servants uh, joining Naj in the pastoral care ministry and coming in to, to be trained and then to go out and minister in hospitals and homes and whatever that looks like. But it's going to be different. When Michael took over mowing the lawn at our, at our house, uh, the first couple of goes were pretty rough. <laughs> and, you know, when you're, in the, when you're in the transition, you have to, you have to understand if something's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly at the beginning, even if, if that's mm -hmm. what it has to be, so it can be done well long term. He ended up having our front lawn look like the fairways at Augusta. But, <laughs> but it wasn't like that on day one. Mm. And it's not going to be smooth. It's gonna, you're going to be wondering, wh why is this different? Why, you know, why, am I, why are we doing it like this? But here's the thing. If we allow new people to come into leadership, we have to let them do it the way the Lord is leading them to do it. Yes, learn from history. Yes, pay attention to what works and what doesn't work. Be, be judicious about it. But you eventually have to be willing um, to let the new people do things differently according to their temperament and their wiring and their gifting and their passion for that role. So it's going to be a, a challenging season. Um, but throughout the congregation, we're, we're praying and seeking that we would step in to those roles. And then I want to say one more thing, and that's outbound. Outbound. You know, one thing to how we organize ourselves and train and equip ourselves, but then there's how do we reach a community around us? And I've been so encouraged by uh, just giving the example of the Marymount dad's group i've been mm -hmm. encouraged by young guys who want to reach their community and they're out there inviting and yeah. we're we're not doing it uh necessarily we're figuring it out as we go and we're taking risks and we're trying different things um but that that's the essence of what it means to ask ourselves jesus who's next who's next to come into your kingdom who's next to come into leadership who's yeah. next to be a blessing, and, and who's next for us to serve? You know, he came not to be served, but mm -hmm. to serve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's it. Dennis, will you pray? Because you have such a heart for discipleship and such a heart for this. And um, I, I know I said this earlier, but I've, I have never, I've, I've been serving in churches for over 20 years. I've been around a lot of senior pastors. I've been a lot, around a lot of leadership, church leadership. And I have never in my life seen somebody with the humility of Dennis Bowe, ever. The amount, the amount of humility to just look at some gorgeously bearded kid. <laughs> Sorry, it's supposed to be like a serious moment. Sorry, Dean. No, but the ability for him to look at some kid in a church that he's been investing 17 plus years, both he and Marianne. And for the, for the two of them to look at Jess and I and just go, here you go, and just hand off stuff, not, and stuff that he loves doing, and to hand it to me. So that heart and that culture, we want all over this church of developing and looking at our student ministry and our kids' ministry as developing the future pastors of MCC. 
the future leaders of the kingdom of God in Cincinnati and all over the world. So all of that, Dee, will you pray for our church family in this? And, you know, we've got, uh, we've got uh, a search going on right now for mm -hmm. Jamie's successor. Um, so I'm going to pray for that and yeah. um, um, pray for everyone here. Father, we thank you for uh, your calling to disciple the nations, to make disciples, yeah. to reproduce the life of Christ that you have given us, to seek to reproduce that very life in others, to equip mm -hmm. them. Lord, I think of the challenges that the children in this room will face in their generation. Uh, Father, it will, it will take nothing less than fully committed disciples of Christ who know the word, who know the power of the Spirit, who know uh, by experience the taste of the Lord and His goodness, yes. that this would be uh, your legacy, Jesus, in this church, yes. that there would be generations of oaks of righteousness as a planting for the splendor of the Lord. And I speak Isaiah 61.3 over every yeah. family in this congregation and every family that will be influenced by the families of this congregation mm. and every family that will be influenced by the families who will be influenced by the families of this congregation. For generations and generations, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, D. Thank you, D. Yep. All right. I want to invite Brandon Snow, our last priority. And Brandon serves as one of our elders here at the church. And uh, let's say a welcome to Brandon as he comes on up. So we've been lo looking at intentionally pursuing God. Show us who you are. We've been looking at gifted and going for it, understanding and equipping each other in spiritual gifts to, to go out. Thirdly, looking at who's next in succession. Those are really the three main priorities that we're wanting to put our attention on in this next season. And this fourth one, and we've had discussion about this, in many ways this fourth one is not so much a priority, but it's a, it's a way of doing those pre previous three things. It's a way we want to do church. So it's not really a priority, it's more of a, a way of doing these other things, and that is lead open-handed and resisting a spirit of control. So it means this posture right here. And it's a posture that is, is looking at the Father and saying, whatever you want us to do, we want to do it. And we don't want to hold too tightly to what we want necessarily. But we want to be open. So I brought Brandon up here. Brandon shared last Sunday in our sharing service that the Father's really been working with him in this area personally. And so I wanted him to share anything else about that, but then also implications for our church family. I wanted Brandon to share about this, lead open-handed. Yeah, so last week, uh, many of you were here, some were not. But I, I, I just talked about what the Lord has been, has been doing in me when I think about um, open-handedness towards him. And um, if you make a fist, everyone make a fist, if, you, if, you're, if your hands all allow it. And if you make a fist hard enough and long enough, you'll see that your knuckles start to get white. Mm. And, and your hand starts to get tired. And... <laughs> 
Hopefully. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Mine do. Um, does it? But it probably changes colors and it gets it, it gets fatigued. Fair enough. Does that work? Okay. Okay. So. I love it. I love it. But that posture in many ways in life is, you know, and, and if we look at the different areas in our life where we're, where we're doing that, and maybe more figuratively than literally, um, it's, it's, it's usually, uh, it's, a lot of times it's bound up in our pride and what we want. What do you want? What do you love? Do you love, you know, is it, I mean, it, little things, it could be little things like the, the comfort. Is it um, the type of car you drive? Is it the way your kids look before they go to school? Mm. Is it um, the way that, you know, you dress when you go to church? Is it um, what you eat for lunch? You know, all these different things are, what are we holding on to really tight that we want? And the Lord has really been convicting me about what he wants. Mm. And not that it's always against what I want, but sometimes it is because I want comfort. I want, I want to look good. I want to feel good. And um, I, I don't want my leadership to be questioned. Mm. I want, especially, you know, by people close to me, like my kids or my wife, like I want my leadership to be this pillar of <laughs> awesome. And so um, I want my, fi- the, the way that I spend my money to be, how I want it to look. Mm. And that's not how the Lord works. He doesn't work based on what I want. He, he, he works based on, he, he sees a much bigger picture than, than I do, than you do. And so what he's been telling me is, hey man, just chill out. And I want, I want to have access to all this stuff that you're holding on to. Mm. Doesn't mean that he's going to take those things out of my hands. Some of them he probably will. Um, and so it's been, the, the, Dennis and Jamie just talked about the transition that's been happening uh, from, from Dennis to Jamie. And I, I've, I've been privileged to have a, a look behind the curtain through this process somewhat. Um, just for the, the fact of the, the closest of relationship that, that, we, that we've had with, with the Beausagers for a long time. And then, you know, just getting to know Jamie and Jess. And, and last year, about the, this time, uh, our, Laura and I and our, and our kids were living with Dennis and Marianne in transition between selling our house and, and buying a new one. And um, just, you know, that was during, you know, coming right out of the COVID lockdown and just seeing, uh, you know, a behind-the-curtain look at that. And um, it's, been, it's been really cool that the humility he was talking about is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's legit. It doesn't just happen here at church. You know, I, I, I saw the same thing living with them and knowing yeah. them for the last 10 years. And my wife used to live with them, and, and, she, and she had the same impression, you know, 12, 11, 12 years ago. And so um, I think that it's really important that we had the same humility, each one of us, in the things that we're leading and in the things that we're doing in our lives. And so if you're a small group leader or a ministry leader uh, and, and you're looking for who's next, like that who's next person's not going to do it just like you. They're not going to, the, the structure of your small group's not going to look the same. The structure of your ministry is going to look different. And it may, it may be like a 180. And I think it's really important that as leaders we are willing to not 
have to have things done the way we like them. Yeah. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be the same amount of people that led before that are leading now. It doesn't have to be the same night. It doesn't have to be the same room. Just what are we, what are we open to? And are you open? And as we're going into this next series, you know, all these, these things like this gifted and going for it, there are going to be people that are going to get a little freaked out at times, probably, in this room or in, in online or in other services, in other service. I encourage you to be open-handed with how you think about the gifts, the spiritual gifts, and how the Lord speaks to people, how the Lord works miracles. Just think about that in every aspect of your life. I really encourage you because the Lord doesn't just want to affect what you're doing here. Yeah. Brandon, I want you to stay up for, here for one second. I want to invite the band up. Um, <clears throat> the passage for this um, particular priority, um, there's many passages in Scripture. I don't know if you know this, but... Whenever the disciples were running with Jesus or anyone was encountering God, how, do you know that many times what they thought they were going to do with God was not what they did with God? <laughs> like many times Jesus was, the disciples were like, all right, this is great, we're going to do this. And then it was a quick turn. And this passage from Acts 16, Paul has got a plan. He's going to Asia. He's going to share the gospel. He's been commissioned by God to share the gospel. He wants to share the gospel with everyone on the planet. Look at this passage. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden. Everybody say forbidden. forbidden. Having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Are you saying that, that God forbid him from sharing the gospel to a specific people at a specific time in a specific place? Answer, yes. Even though it was his plan. It was Paul's plan to go and share the gospel. The Holy Spirit forbid him. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared, something like spiritual gifts, like dreams, interpretation of dreams. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we, this is Luke talking, our community, we sought to go based off of a vision in the night. We sought to go out into Macedonia, go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And this open-handed thing, I believe as a church family in this next season, the Father is going to intentionally push buttons in our church family that require us to go. But Jamie, we had a plan. We're going to do this, 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 this. I know. And the Father's going to go. And he will, I'm telling you, he's going to intentionally break in our plans to give us opportunity to be open-handed. and to trust in him more than our own ingenuity and strategy. I know it's coming. I'm encouraging us to just be very open-handed. So this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna invite you to stand. I'm gonna have Brandon pray over that. Father's been speaking to him specifically about that. So Brandon, I'd like for you to 
pray over our church family in that. And then we're going to sing one final song entitled Build My Life, and then we'll be finished. So, Brandon, will you pray for us? And, and, we'll, I, and I just want to encourage, sorry, Brandon. I'm, I just want to encourage you, if you feel led, to just have your hand out like this to the Lord and to just be open to this prayer. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, so we'll have prayer teams on either side mm -hmm. during the song uh, and after if uh, need be. So, um, yeah, so even if it feels weird, I, I would invite everyone to just pray open-handed with me right now. Lord, you are good, and, and I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful that, um, that you know what the result is going to be of me and everyone else in here being open-handed and the result of us not being open-handed. So, Lord, I just ask that for the sake of your kingdom and the sake of our lives um, being more, just more closely aligned with your will, Lord, that each person in here would um, just be willing to look at every, every facet of their lives to be more open-handed to you. And, uh, Lord, I just ask that you would come right now mm. and that your Holy Spirit would reveal to us the places that we need, that we need to open our eyes and open our hands to. So, Father, we thank you for all the things that you're doing in our lives and the things that you want to do. And uh, I, just, I, just, I just pray for a blessing over each person in here as they are becoming more open-handed and as they're thinking about these things, Lord. And just let your spirit rain down in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship Jesus.